Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Out of the shotgun, Kendra Miller to Jameis' left. More pressure again, throws it for Jimmy Graham. A little back shoulder down the right sideline. And Jimmy Graham brings it down at the 11-yard line. Christian Harris out of Baton Rouge on the tackle, but that was vintage Jimmy Graham. Mike, was he open? Nope. No. Was he open? Nope. That's Jimmy. We're back here on Inside Black and Gold. That was the highlight of Jimmy Graham catching that that first pass from Jameis Winston about 25 yards downfield, went up and just I don't even I don't even want to say moss the guy. He kind of just caught it through the guy. He literally caught it on his helmet. And uh yeah, so we're gonna go through the three up on this segment of Inside Black and Gold. And you know what? I, I saw Jimmy Graham I saw Jimmy Graham out there in the pregame and I was surprised to see him. Uh, and to me, that's a pretty good indicator. If you thought Jimmy Graham was a lock on this roster, no. Because if he was a lock, he wouldn't have been playing. He was out there to prove something. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know what you were looking to find out of Jimmy Graham, but I imagine you got it. Jimmy, it was nice to see, especially considering the health scare out West. You really didn't know what the issue is. And we really st- we still don't have much clarity on the whole situation, but... As far as him being on the field and performing, we saw it in practice uh, this week leading up to the preseason finale. And then to see Jimmy do do what he does uh, in the preseason finale to secure that spot on the roster. Yeah, you're right. There was nothing guaranteed until last night. I even had some family members from out of state even texting me going, what are they talking about? You know, Graham trying to make the roster. They gave him a contract. And I was like, that doesn't mean anything at all. Uh, but yeah. I, I think he he has secured his spot. We see that role that we know the Saints envision him in, that we've seen him at, at in the past, but he's just not going to be that guy in bulk in black and gold anymore. He's just going to be used sparingly, I feel like. Yeah, and that's why you, know, you look at a Jimmy and you look at a Jalen Smith and you say, okay, if these guys aren't going to be major contributors on special teams, are they worth keeping around? And I think they can both be weapons in certain areas of the field, but how valuable are those weapons, right? Like, are you taking reps? Are you taking reps? Are you taking reps away from Jawan Johnson to get Jimmy on the field? Because I don't like that idea. Are you taking, uh, you know, opportunities away from a Lucas Krull? Like, are you losing a Lucas Krull to keep Jimmy Graham around? I don't know. It's a little tough, uh, but, you know, I think there was an opportunity for Jimmy Graham to go out there and lay a dud, and he didn't do it. Uh, And if you're the team and you were kind of, you know, saying, okay, show me what you got. I think your hands are a little tied now because if that wasn't what you needed to see, 
<laughs> then why did you bring him in in the first place? Like what, what did he need to do to prove to you that he can still contribute other than what he did? And yeah, so that's, it's tough. And th- this is what uh, Dennis Allen had to say uh, about, about Jimmy. Yeah. I think that was one of the things that, that, um, you know, we, we've said this, that, you know, we don't have to see it every day from these guys, uh, particularly the veteran players, but yet at some point we have to see it. So, um, and we saw it tonight. I think, I think really um, probably since the Charger practices, um, you know, I started to see, you know, some signs of, of you know, the, the, the mental picture that I have of, of Jimmy Graham. Um, and, um, and then again, you know, I, I saw it this week in practice um, and I saw it carry over into the game. So uh, that was a positive. So that second comment is interesting to me because, you know, to me, it sounds like they wanted to see this against the Chargers, right? Like, I think they needed to see him in a game be kind of featured to some extent. And because of the medical incident, whatever you want to call it, in L.A., he wasn't able to play. So that's why he was on the field for this game. Like, he was going to play one or the other, and that's it. But I did think it was interesting. Like, it sounds to me like they they needed to see that like he he didn't until he got to the charges practices which is obviously where he had that medical incident he, you know the vision he said wasn't necessarily matching up um and so i i think that's interesting because you know i think jimmy did have to prove something yeah the, the cameras uh i think it was after the touchdown that it looked pretty emotional even the exchange between dennis allen and jimmy graham uh, that validation, the relief, the you know, the joy of it all—you you felt that from both. And yeah, I, I understand that. You know, obviously, Dennis, I don't need to see it all the time, but I do need to see it, kind of thing. Yeah, and I and I did think it was funny. He like pump faked the dunk over the goalpost. Yes, post, yes. Which, like, uh, I think it's one of those situations where you know, if I'm going to do it, it better be worth it. And I'm not doing it now in a situation where they might use that as an excuse to not, you know, it's like, Oh, it was just a foolish decision. We're not keeping it around anymore. You know, like, uh, like he was not going to do that this game, but I would not be surprised if late in the year or like he catches a touchdown late in a game where you're up by two, two scores and it's over and it's like, okay, the penalty is worth it. Right. Like I think he will at some point catch a touchdown and dunk it and, and just accept that penalty, but it's going to have to be at a situation where it's worth it and it will not, and it will definitely not cost the team. But when he does it, it's going to be, you know, a take down the house kind of moment. I guess we can throw this in the, you know, three up, you know, segment, but we didn't mention the fact that penalties, holy crap, this team doesn't, you know, have to get almost every other flag that was thrown on the field uh, going against them. Really nice to see how they clean things up. I know a lot of folks were getting on Dennis Allen saying it's indicative of, you know, the coach, how sloppy the team looked. Well, the backups were in entirely in this game and they looked pretty tight. So it was nice to see. Well, that's like like people were saying, oh, well, the, the penalties were all on backups last week. It was like, that's not an excuse. These guys are fighting to make the roster. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> if, if, if anybody should not be having penalties, it's these guys because they that that's literally could be the difference between them making the roster yeah. and having the roster, right? Like, well, I think Jimmy had that in his head, too, and was like, oh, psych, I'm not going to do exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, so they only had two penalties for 15 yards. Um, you know, I, I think that's that's what you were hoping for uh, in terms of, you know, you just got to be able to see these guys, people can play without fouling. Right. And the, so, so you did that. Um, the game moved a lot faster, thankfully. Yes, it did. It did. That charges game took forever. Woo. But all right, moving on the next guy on my, on my three up list is 
is Brian Brzee. You know what? I think I think Brian Brzee, you know, and this game specifically is a good example of like it's really difficult to gauge a defensive tackle's performance by just stats alone. Right? Because if you look at his stat line, I mean, according to the game book, one tackle, <laughs> one QB hit. That's those are those are the stats he he recorded, right? At least in the, the most basic form. You know, he had several pressures. He got in there. I don't know how he didn't get a sack at any point, but you know, he was he caused multiple sacks. Like he like that spin move is remarkable. At one point he just yeah. broke the, Where, the where's the stat for the spin move? We don't get one for that. I guess not. But you don't <laughs> see a lot of defensive tackles ripping off spin moves like really that. You know, that's like an Aaron Donald type athletic type move. Um, and we, you know, Malcolm Roach talked about it, and uh, and here here it is. Did you see? Did you? See? I never saw nobody spin on the line like he's spinning. Usually, people work it up a few steps, then spin. He spins on the line. It's, I told you, I said this a few days ago. Yeah, it's cat like quickness. He's able to jump off the ball for him being so big. It's it's a sight to see. It's really a sight to see. And he he has been blessed with the God given ability to be that quick at that size and. I, I, I disguised the limit for him for real. And man, I'm glad he on our team. I think that sums it up. Like the, the stuff he's doing is not normal. Uh, and we talked to him earlier in the week and he was like, one of the most amazing things about Brian Brzee, he doesn't even know what he's doing yet. He's just in there causing havoc. Um, and, you know, we, I think we've kind of said all along, he's going to be a bigger impact in the pass rush part of the game, a third downs. Um, early in his career, you know, the run run defense is where I have more questions. But, you know, if that's where you need him and he's he showed out in this game, no question. Was super excited to see, obviously, the spin. And as even uh, Roach was recounting stuff and talking about it, got a little bit of chill bumps because obviously you hear a player's praise is uh, he's not going to be boosting this guy for no reason kind of thing. We've seen flashes, obviously, throughout camp to put it together in that game scenario. Great. And, man, even number 55 showing up in the preseason finale. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The other rookie. Yeah, he was on He was on my list as an honorable mention. You know, one of the things I said going in was, I, I don't need to see a huge game out of Isaiah Foscu, but I do need to see some positive moments. I do need to write down his name at least once, right? And, you know, he teamed up with Brian Brzee on two of those sacks. I think he actually got credit for one of them. He did. He got one sack. I think he got two half sacks, and that's how it ended up being one sack. But, yeah, no, he was there. He was in the backfield. He was causing pressure. There was one play where it was Brian Brzee, you know, kind of pressuring up the middle, and he was driving his defender into the, you know, onto the kind of outside shoulder of Davis Mills. And he just, you know, caused enough traffic and pressure that Mills just overthrew his receiver. And, like, you're not going to get much on that play. I don't even know if they'll technically give you a pressure, but – like as a defensive lineman, that's a win for you is to make life more difficult on the quarterback. And we just hadn't seen him do it. And so Dennis Allen went out of his way. It was, he got a question about Brian Brzee and he made sure to throw in. I thought Isaiah had a really nice game today. He's taken a lot of steps forward. 
you know, even if you don't see it, he has improved from where he was at the start of camp, at the start of OTAs to now. Like even if, you know, from an outsider's perspective, you don't always kind of appreciate the steps he's taken forward. They are there. And so like to me, it's like you're you're not going to see a ton of snaps for Isaiah Foskey in the regular defense when everybody is healthy. And it's just like he, he I feel like he needed some sort of a confidence building moment, especially after getting effectively called out by his coach against the Chargers and for a play that he felt like he, Isaiah should have been able to make and he didn't on Easton Stick. I think he he did that today. He kind of walked it walked it forward uh, in the way you needed him to. So he was he was my honorable mention. He wasn't my third up player, but he was definitely on the honorable mention list along with Lucas Kroll, who I thought had a nice game, but did leave some some opportunities on the table for the second week in a row. Well, he got pepper enough with tar- enough targets, right? Fifteen targets, right? Like <laughs> you look at it, you say seven catches, one hundred and six yards. That is a heck of a game. Yeah, but that's not even a fifty percent catch rate. He got right. 10, 15 targets. And, you know, we're going to talk about Jay Kaner's performance in the three down segment. Um, you know, not all of those targets missed were on Lucas. Like I would say a majority of them weren't. They were not good throws or uncatchable, whatever. One was left behind him. Two of them were interceptions. Uh, but there was two plays that he, that were just straight kind of, you know, one of them was he was diving and going out of bounds, but he got both hands on the ball. He seemed to like lose focus and, and it hit the ground. And, you know, then there was another one where he went up high and it got kind of raked out just like it did against the Chargers. And, you know, those are the type of plays. It's like, man, you had a chance to have a huge game just like you did last week. You had 10 targets last week. You got four of them. Or no, you had you had eight targets last week. You got four of them. And two of them were, were balls you should have caught. In this case, you had 15 targets. You caught seven of them. And two of them were balls you should have caught. So, I mean, leaving those types of plays on the table when you are a fringe guy trying to make a roster – is not where you want to be. He still had a very good game. He still does stuff that I am very impressed with on a regular basis. But one of the reasons he's not one of my three up players is you can't leave those opportunities on the table. Uh, definitely. And yeah, the the end of the game, I'm sure a lot of fans were doing the same thing as us going, for, throw it to someone else for crying Anybody out loud. Else. Anybody. No, not, it's not even about Lucas. It's about the fact that like everyone on the field, including no. the Texans, knew you were going to throw to Lucas Crawl. I mean, it, it was baffling to me. And we'll talk about Hayner. We don't have to get yeah, too yeah. into it now. But, yeah, it was a rookie moment for him uh, in that it kind of locked in. But you'd like to see the connection. Like, it's a good connection. You know, if if you can keep Lucas Crawl around and maybe Jake Hayner is your quarterback in a couple of years, uh, you know, that's not a bad thing to have a really good connection with a young guy. But um, getting into the last stock up player before we go, uh, onto the, the negative Nancy portion of the program, Jordan Howden. You know, one of the things that gets underappreciated in these preseason games is you're making the roster on special teams. You know, like we can talk about Lucas Crow catching all those passes. Lucas Crow's not going to get chances to catch passes in the game. Even if you keep him on the roster, his biggest role is going to be on special teams. And so a lot of times these last few roster spots are going to be one on special teams. And if you were unsure about who was going to be that kind of depth safety, we saw JT Gray go out with an injury. You know, like I, I don't know. We don't know exactly what it is, but if he ends up having to miss time, you're going to have to have someone step up on special teams. And I saw Jordan Howden get downfield on back-to-back punts and make solo tackles with the defender not able to get out of his out of his out of his cleats. And you know, I think that's impressive. And it's something that you know, as a rookie, how do you establish yourself on a roster? He's a he's a I think he's a fifth-round pick, right? Like he's not a no-brainer keep. 
um, you, you'd like to keep your fifth round picks around, but they have to show something to to be a part of this roster. They cut Jordan Jackson last year. Um, so it's not a guarantee that just because you're drafted, and, you know, and A.T. Perry's kind of in that boat now. Um, I thought Jordan Howden showed well, and he's been a guy that's tackled well throughout preseason. He's built well for a rookie. You know, he's got an NFL-ready body. Uh, and so I think if there was any question about him in, in his role, I think he kind of cemented it right there. No, you mentioned that key, too, with being special teams, where obviously he's going to be leaned on most heavily right off the bat. Um, I guess some honorable mentions, dude, I'll mention real quick. I thought uh, Alante Taylor with those two bat pass breakups were pretty impressive. Definitely love seeing that from him. And then our boy Nico Lalos keeps showing out, uh, putting up those stats, which we do see. You know, you mentioned those numbers, those hidden numbers. You, with Brazil, we don't see all the time the pressures or whatever causing havoc he's doing up front. Lalo's a dude that's definitely been showing up, getting sacks. I think he might lead the team in the preseason in that oh, yeah, aspect. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, another one I uh, want to give a shout-out, Nephi Sewell, uh, another dude that just seems to get the job done. I don't know about, you know, 53, but I definitely want to keep him around if possible. I think Nephi Sue is on the 53. I think you he's your backup well linebacker. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't think Jalen Smith is your well linebacker. And that's why it becomes difficult to keep him around because I think you're also keeping DeMarco around. So, right. right. Like the, the, what you can say about DeMarco and Nephi is they will both contribute on special teams. Nephi Sewell had two individual tackles in this game on special teams. And so, yeah. So they're not, even if they don't get on the field, they, they have a role. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of where you have to figure it out. But I agree with you. Um, I, I think Nephi played pretty well so one thing we didn't talk about in the open that is worth mentioning in terms of you know who played who didn't Paulson Adebo didn't play and I think if you were looking for a definitive in terms of okay where is this CB2 competition standing that's it yeah you know you if you were still competing for that you would have had Paulson out there because here's the thing if Alante like if you were to turn around and give the job to Alante Paulson would be like, well, why didn't I play that? Like, why didn't I get a chance to compete for that job if you're not going to give it to me? So to me, that's a like whether they'll admit it or not, whether the coaching staff will say, okay, Paulson's our starter week one, and maybe they maybe you don't, maybe there's some subterfuge going on where you'd want to keep it under, you know, keep it close to the vest as long as possible. It's it's Paulson. And um I feel vindicated in that because when I said that in the pre like before the start of training camp, I got raked over the coals like I didn't know what I was talking about well you, you know the the fans are quick to turn when they don't agree with you that means you're an idiot and you know nothing what you're talking about because you're not saying what they feel right and to be fair I do get stuff wrong but it when I get well I, I feel like I had a pretty good read on that from the start <laughs> and so so I'm not uh I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna own that one but all right is, is that anyone else you want to highlight before we move on to the to the bad stuff no, I'm sure everyone, if you want to just go to Twitter X, whatever you want to call it, that highlight to me was a big one for Alante Taylor being able to knock that pass from Nico Collins. Was it, I think I'm over on the sideline. I don't know. I believe I that know. was the case, but it looked, it definitely, you know, you see the hand like forming the fist, able to punch it out beautifully done. Uh, uh, and that's a, uh, one of those things that gets you all excited, you know, obviously to, to have something like that discount at one of those big chunk plays that could have been happening to you. Yeah. I mean, well, here's another thing. And, and this is not about the saints, but anyone who's listened to this podcast throughout the off season knows how I feel about tank Dell. And that, that I, I retweeted it. Cause it was just like that. I watched it live and I didn't even see it as well as 
I, I would have, I wish I had because I was watching the coverage downfield and all of a sudden I look up and Tank Dell is going the complete opposite direction. And the cut he made on that kick return or that punt return, <laughs> and it's just like, like Dak Wood was had him dead to rights. And he's just like gone. He just stops on a dime and goes the opposite direction. And uh, that's the kind of stuff I saw at the Senior Bowl that was like, I want that guy. Give me that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be a good player. We're going to be talking about Tank Dell for a while. But uh, anyway, I don't need to fangirl over Tank anymore. He's on, he's on the other team. Yeah, this isn't the Texans podcast for crying out loud. I need to go on a Texans podcast and and, and, brag and rave about, about him. Right, I knew all along. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> you, you, you thieves, uh, stealing your hometown player away from anybody else. Anyway, all right, let's wrap that segment up. We're going to come back. We're going to talk three down, three down, three down, three down, three down. Okay, negative Nelly time. Yeah, this is inside black and gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe.